Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. Back here it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here today. One more hour to go here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Lots to cover in this hour. We'll cover some more baseball. We got some breaking news that will affect our lineups for the week. We'll get to that in a second. And we're going to talk a lot of NBA in the next segment. Frank Stample, FNTSY, will join me as free agent. Period began yesterday at 6 p.m. Eastern, and it is ongoing, and lots of big-name players changing teams. So we'll talk about that with Frank coming up in a little bit. You can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50 to get 50% off your first two months as uh, taking a look at the FSGA Experts League that I was in. There were two drafts last week. I was in one of them, a 14-team PPR format. I had to pick number two overall. Uh, We talked about it on last week's show. You can always check those out on demand if you missed it. But you can get the write-up as I go through each pick and my strategy in building my team, pointing out a couple things that uh, I didn't like what other teams do. And here's the thing. We always want to look at people who have success and watch what they do. You also want to see the mistakes people make, and don't repeat them. You know, learn from others and look at that draft board and be like, oh, that's something that you don't want to do. And you want to see it happen in your draft to the opponents because it makes life a little bit easier for you. So learn from other people's mistakes. It's something I have done throughout life. You know, it, you always have to learn from your own mistakes. But if you can learn from others, it's the best way to do it. There are some people, I'm sure you guys have friends, family members where – uh, no matter what, they make mistakes, and uh, you know that they're going to continue to happen, but we want to try and avoid that. So learn from other people's mistakes of what not to do in drafts and look at the people who have had success and figure out why. Why do they continuously win year after year? You want to see what they're doing and look at it. So that's uh, why we're going to have a lot of these draft reviews. Dr. Otto has a, a review of a draft as well from last week. Waiver Wire for fantasy baseball from Sean Childs, as well as expanded team outlooks. His latest is a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All the AFC teams and a bunch of the NFC teams are already up there. He's almost done. Uh, Once he gets through the NFC West, he'll be done. So uh, getting them up nice and early for you guys. So take advantage. Go through those now. Get uh, acclimated again to football in case you've been out of it a little bit. You know, it's never too late. You should be following it year-round, but... I know other people have things to do and jobs that keep them busy, and that's where we come into play. We like to get you to catch up real quickly with everything that is going on in football. So you can check out those, and if you have any questions, ask them on the message boards and the forums. Head on over to PlayFFWC. 
Draft.com. We got a draft tonight, a starter best ball draft at 10 p.m. Eastern, and uh, several drafts tomorrow, a starter full season league, draft and go best ball, and an online championship. So drafts every day until the start of the season. Best ball, online championships, world championships, ton of different formats, different price points to make sure everybody can play. So check it out today. Mention the breaking news that's going to affect your lineups this week, and that is a decision made by the Philadelphia Phillies. They have decided to move Aaron Nola up in their rotation. He will now pitch tomorrow. So what that means is someone we just talked about with Matt Modica, Nick Pavetta. He will not have a two-start week now. So Pavetta will go on Wednesday. So that means his lone start of the week is at Atlanta. It's not as appealing, and... If your league locks for the week on first pitch, this sucks for you. And you got to tell your commissioner, can't happen. And all the league software has got to change. You should not have the week lock at first pitch. I mean, today's an example. We got a game at 1 p.m. Eastern here on Canada Day. Toronto leads the Royals 11-3 in the sixth. And then we have five games later tonight. So there are a bunch of teams that don't play till tomorrow. And... We might not get some injury news on some of these players until tomorrow. And now they're locked in. I'm sure a lot of people this week would not be starting Nick Pavetta with one start in Atlanta against that offense. I mean, that is just, just saw them against the Mets. That is a really tough offense. And in that ballpark and with Pavetta being uh, prone to home runs, it's not an ideal start this week. Two-star week, yeah, you make a case for it because you go, all right, he's at Atlanta, but he's get he's also at the Mets. And, yes, the Mets do have some bats. For sure, but you know it's a team that he might be able to have some success against. Now there's a lot of people that have Pavetta locked in. If you're fortunate enough here that it's not locked in at first pitch, which is the way it should be, uh, you can make that decision. Maybe you don't have anybody better than Pavetta because you're struggling with injuries. Maybe you do. And the only reason why you were going to go with Pavetta is the two-star week. That's not happening now. So again, Aaron Nola will be switching with Pavetta. So Nola will get the extra start against the Mets on Sunday. And obviously, Nola has been a disappointment this year if you spent an early pick on him. And uh, I loved Aaron Nola last year, wrote a piece about him, and he was a pretty good value, if I'm not mistaken. It went round five in most leagues last year, and he had a breakout year. Two, three, seven, ERA, seven, two wins. This year, it has not been as good as we allude to with a lot of pitchers. The home run ball has definitely been a factor. And, you know, one of the things that was appealing about Nola in recent years was even pitching in that ballpark in Philadelphia, he hadn't allowed uh, more than a homer per nine innings in you know 2017 and 2018. Obviously, that's changed this year. Uh, either way, you know you feel good about Nola getting that two star week. He has been a little bit better lately. I mean, the strikeout percentage is slightly down from last year, but it's still good. He went from 27 percent to 26.4 percent. The walk rate is up. Uh, it's gone from seven percent to 9.1 percent. Uh, and the whip has been a killer. I mean, to spend a second, third-round pick on a pitcher with a 1.36 whip is just brutal. Uh, batting average of balls plays 319, just a little bit above his career average of 295. Strand rate is about normal. So uh, a lot of it is just uh, he's allowing a lot more hard contact. Uh, and the velocity is basically the same as last year. So uh, you expect Nola to be better, but he's just throwing a lot less first pitch strikes he was at 69.4 percent last year 59.9 percent this year a lot less swings and misses too 12.4 percent last year a career best he's at 9.5 percent this year so uh, some of the changes there and a lot of hard contact but 
certainly, uh, if you have Nola, he's pretty much out there every week. And to get two starts out of him this week, uh, you're feeling good about that. And uh, definitely changes the way that you uh, look at uh, Nick Pavetta this week for sure. Uh, let's take a look at some of the big uh, fab buys from over the weekend. And, you know, maybe this could help you in some of your leagues. Uh, I'll take a look at Tout Wars first. And Tout Wars is a 15-team league. Uh, OBP instead of average. And, uh, again, a lot of money has been spent, so not a lot of people have money left. I think only one team had more than $500 going in to this period. I had 431 uh, going into the week, six points out of first place behind Rudy Gamble, who has basically uh, me and him over the last four years. I won Tout Wars two years in a row. He won it the last two years, and it seems like uh, we're always battling each other. So, you know, this was a team uh, for me probably about a month, month and a half ago that was not doing very well. It was ninth, tenth place. And I've always said, just don't give up, man. Even now, even I talked about that NFPC auction league where it's a disaster. I know that team is done. Uh, so many things have gone wrong from injuries, uh, just things not working out. But I won't give up. I'll work the waiver wire every week. You know, I, even though I know I'm not going to win, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to make it easy for the rest of the league members and – you know, you never know. I mean, the chances of winning probably 1% to 2%, very slim, but you never know. Things do happen, but you never give up. And that's something I always preach in every fantasy league. And, you know, this is a team that was not looking good, but part of it was, and this is what you do now, too. You realistically look at your team and say, does this have a shot to win? And if it does, what are the moves to make it? But at one point this year, my entire starting infield was on the injured list. You know, I started the year going in with Lindor, Sano, Murphy, and Matt Olson. So, fortunately, they're all back now, and the team has kind of taken off. Uh, a ton of power uh, over the last couple of weeks. I think I've got about 45, 50 home runs over the last two weeks and been able to move up the standings to second place. So, just never give up uh, because you know things can turn around, especially if you make some moves. And, you know, obviously working the wave wire and picking guys up, had to do that. Uh, some surprising bids this week. Uh, Carlos Martinez was available. He went for $400, uh, and I think that was the bulk of that team's fab money left, and I had a bid in on Carlos Martinez because this is one of the leagues where I really don't have that second closer. I've kind of been searching for it. You know, Roberto Osuna was someone I drafted. He's been fine, but really haven't found that second closer yet, and I did want Martinez, but 400 bucks that is a ton, and it could work out. Martinez did pick up a win yesterday with more than two innings of relief, but a lot of money. And, you know, there will be closers that come off the waiver wire over the next few weeks. Remember, trade deadline at the end of the month, and it's only one trade deadline. So we will see some closers take over. You know, Matt gave you a name that I have been looking at, and I actually put in a bid for him last night in my home league, but it was not the primary bid, and it's Aaron Bummer of the White Sox. He's been good. You know, I think a lot of people think Colome could be dealt. Kelvin Herrera has not pitched well this year. You know, it looked like he would be the guy. Maybe he even gets dealt. Uh, but there will be some guys that emerge here. Uh, and with a lot of money being depleted off the board in Fab, you might be able to get them for cheap. Uh, Brendan McKay, the big guy in Fab this weekend, he went for $222 in tout. I did put in a bid for him. Not that high, obviously. And there's definitely some risk, but there, there's some uh, huge upside for him as he looked really good in his debut. Uh, Brandon Workman could be available in some leagues. I did pick him up in two leagues over the weekend. He went for 55 here. I did not get him. I did not go that high. 
Uh, I did spend 73 on Liam Hendricks last week, so right now he's my number two closer. He did get me one save this past week, although there are indications that Blake Trident could be back for Oakland this week. I will believe it when I see him on the mound. Uh, definitely have concerns about him. So if he does miss more time, then I'll uh, have some extended period of Hendricks. And, you know, maybe they ease trying him back in as well. I would think once he's good to go, he'll get the job back uh, based on what he did last year. But, you know, still kind of searching there for that number two guy in saves uh, because saves is probably one of my weaker categories in this league. So if I get a, another closer with a job the rest of the year, it could really maybe help me potentially uh, – win this league there weren't many high bids i dylan cease i got for 57 i if i'm looking correctly i don't think anyone else put in a bid on him which i found a little surprising i understand there's definitely some risk with him uh the walk rate was not good in the minor leagues but uh he has to start against detroit this week so look it could backfire but uh i need to take a a shot on a on a pitcher losing cole hamels still without carrasco so i took the shot there and like the matchup this week uh, there weren't really another, any other major high bids, everything. Uh, 18 for Tyler O'Neill. that was me, uh, releasing Jake Marisnik. So O'Neill definitely has some power with Marcelo Zuna on the injured list. He should play. I believe they are also in an American League park earlier in the week. So uh, definitely think the at-bats will be there for O'Neal and really didn't spend so much money. Uh, Austin Voth of uh, the Nationals went for $20. Not a bad buy there either. His velocity was up in his last start. He was throwing 94. Uh, Bo Bichette's an interesting stash. Uh, the one thing here in Tout Wars is when you add a player, they have to be in your lineup for a week. So uh, assuming Bichette doesn't get called up before the All-Star break, that team will take a zero on that spot. But it could pay huge dividends down the road. Uh, definitely a solid stash. And I thought about him. Uh, didn't want to take a zero. Actually, next week is a really good week with the All-Star break uh, in Tower Wars to kind of take that shot. Uh, Tower Wars does something differently. The Fab runs next week uh, on Wednesday, not Sunday night. But either way, they're in your lineup for a week, and it's only basically four days. And I think there's only one game that Thursday, too, following the All-Star break. So that's a really good week to kind of take those shots on some players if they're out there. Uh, anything, uh, the other uh, interesting bids is... Uh, we saw, you know, basically two start streamers. Magden went for three. Chase Anderson went for two. He also has two starts this week. Alex Dickerson went for four. I picked him up two weeks ago in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Certainly, uh, he's playing every day. It's not ideal in that ballpark in San Francisco, but he has shown him the past a little pop, a little speed. So, uh, Dom Smith for 27. That was the other one. Uh, Dom Smith's been playing very well, uh, and he's pretty much playing every day right now. He might sit against an occasional lefty. Uh, but the Mets have kind of weakened their defense. They put Smith and left McNeil and right, two guys who are not natural outfielders. And that's part of the reason why the Mets uh, pitchers have struggled a little bit because the defense behind is not great. But Smith has been impressive. You know, batting 328, eight homers, 14 RBIs, uh, and showing some pop over the last few games. Now it is boosted by a 390 Babbitt. But he is walking 12.8% of the time, so showing a good eye and discipline at the plate. Uh, and he's got that first base outfield eligibility in a lot of leagues. So definitely someone I think you can plug in probably for the short term while he's getting the at-bats. Uh, Pagan of the Rays went for 27. Jose Alvarado is back. I think he gets the book of the saves, but you can see Pagan in there. Nelson Lament, who we talked about earlier, he was picked up for $5 
Looks like he is going to get a start this week. Uh, and the Padres might go with a six-man rotation for a while. Lament was shaky in the minor leagues. And the one thing that we even did see when he was healthy is he did have command issues at times trying to find the strike zone. So uh, I would take a chance on him in some leagues. I didn't, though, uh, yet. Uh, he's probably still sitting there in some leagues, and he's got a dynamic arm, but I am a little bit worried uh, about the command. Uh, we did see uh, his career mark for walks, 4.25 walks per nine so far at the major league level, and usually coming off the surgery that he did, uh, that is something that's slow to come around. 11.1% career walk rate at the major league level. So there's definitely some concern there with him, but he does have the ability to rack up the strikeouts. Career strikeout percentage of 28.7% for Denilson Lament, who looks like he should be back this week. When we return, we will talk NBA. So much going on in free agency. Some big names changing teams. I'll bring in Frank Stample from FNTSY. He will break it all down. That is ahead right here on Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 immediately. That's 800-955-3793. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-3793 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-3793. That's 800-955-3793. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 for your free author submission kit. Back here it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern talking everything today. Football, baseball, now time to talk some NBA. And I bring in Frank Stanfield from FNTSY to do that. Frank, what a chaotic day it was last night and even into today in the NBA. Yeah, a lot has changed since we last spoke, Ronis. Uh, what's going on with you? I hope you're not a Knicks fan. 
Uh, I am not. It's weird. So I'm a huge NBA fan. You know that. But I really don't have an NBA team. Like, I've always kind of identified with different players. Look, I hope the Knicks and Nets do well in this area. And I've gone to some Knicks games. So it kind of sucks to see them down. But I'm not a diehard fan like I am for the other sports with the Mets, Cowboys, and Rangers. Uh, but obviously, I have a lot of friends who are Knicks fans. And uh, let's start there with the Knicks. I know you're a big Knicks fan. And obviously, they did not deliver expecting to get these two max players. Uh, a lot of people assume Kevin Durant was coming here. And I think most Knicks fans are disappointed. I have seen a couple trying to kind of spin it saying, hey, you know what? They're, they didn't really sign any long-term deals and they still have draft picks and, you know, they could build down the road. But I think the big thing is, is they've been dormant for years. And this was the year you expected to land those big free agents. You haven't. So, from a Knicks fan's perspective, tell me what you're thinking and feeling right now. Well, when you look at everything from all-encompassing, I feel like it's been a colossal failure because when you trade away Kristaps Porzingis, you sell everyone on the hope that you're opening up these two max slots and you're going to be players in free agency. And look, if there's any year to be players in free agency, this is the one. I understand everything that happened with Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. It kind of like threw this offseason for a loop. But there was still – max players available, you know, outside of those guys as well. Uh, but it sounds like they didn't even get a meeting with anybody, Ronis. I mean, from Kevin Durant to Kyrie Irving to Kemba Walker to Jimmy Butler, you know, it seemed like Klay Thompson was never realistically going to leave the West Coast. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, well, obviously that's not happening because <laughs> they just put together the all-depth NBA team because they signed, like, a bunch of, you know, role players at this point. It's just a disaster. I feel like the, the it all starts with the Porzingis trade, and I feel like this is going to be one of those things where we look at back on it for for year, years to come, and it's just going to go down as one of the worst trades. I know he wanted out, but that was you know partially due to their own doing. You know the way that they handled him, everything that happened with Phil Jackson, skipping the exit interviews. Like the reason he hated the Knicks and, and you know being in New York was because of them. You can't blame anyone else. So you trade away a player that young with that much upside. I know he's coming off the torn ACL, uh, but it started there. And then, you know, everything that transpired yesterday, I mean, for, for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to come to New York, but to go to the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, that's just another gut punch here. And now they're just signing all these, you know, Emmanuel Moutier, uh, not a Moutier, uh, Alfred Payton, they're signing, you know, Julius Randle. Like the Randle deal's fine. All these other deals are like, two-year deals, and they have team options after this year. So they still maintain flexibility, but, you know, it's just it's a, it's a never, it's, it's a never-ending circle of uh, – it's just a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Right? It's, you know, what are they going to – are they going to sell fans on 2021? Oh, well, that's when, you know, Giannis is a free agent and Paul George and all these other players. It just seems like they're always keeping up that hope, but nothing ever actually comes to fruition, so – that's the day of uh, that's a day in the life of uh, of being a New York Knicks fan. It's it's quite disastrous, Ronis. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing for the Knicks fans who are taking the optimistic view. It's just delaying. Uh, you're, now you're rebuilding again for another year or two, and now you're setting your hopes on more free agency. Unless you, uh, you know, hammer the draft and develop the young talent you have, and it all works out. I mean, we saw Golden State do that as they drafted the core of their team before bringing in the free agents. But you're basically just delaying it, and I think that's the big thing that has to be frustrating. But you also said Porzingis didn't want to be there. Is that something that we're overlooking now? Is that maybe the Knicks and the mystique of the Garden, it just isn't there, and the word is out, and who wants to play for Dolan and Knicks? Is that maybe the bigger issue here that is not being talked about enough? 
Oh, it absolutely is, Ronis. I mean, uh, you know, the mecca, you know, I, and I say, you know, the, the mecca with uh, the quotation marks around it, it's non-existent. I mean, this is not a desirable, a desirable place for free agents. I mean, you know, who's the biggest name free agent? Like, Carmelo Anthony was here. They didn't win anything with him. Amari Stoudemire, I mean, you know, they traded for Melo, and then they signed him to that longer extension. But, I mean, in terms of being able to lure somebody, Amari Stoudemire is the biggest name in, like, the past 10, 15 years that the New York Knicks have been able to lure. I mean, they have to take a step back and look themselves in the mirror and say, well, there's something seriously wrong if, you know— th- all this time, the best one, the, the best player that we could sign is Amari Stoudemire. So, I, you know, I, I think you're you're spot on there, Ronis. I, you know, everyone talks about the Knicks like, you know, if if you want to create a legacy, you come to the Knicks, you win here, you know, they'll you'll be a basketball god forever. They'll make a statue statue of you in New York. You'll be all over every billboard. But, you know, do do people necessarily want that pressure? Do they want to do they want to face all the the media and the criticism that's going to come if you do come to the Knicks and you don't win. So everyone talks about, you know, what could happen if you do win here. No one talks about really what's going to happen when you don't win here because when Carmelo was here and he wasn't winning, you know, the guy got, was dragged through the mud. So, you know, there's just there's no more lore when it comes to New York City. If anything, the lore is now in Brooklyn because you know, they have Durant, they have Kyrie. Yeah, I don't love the DeAndre Jordan deal, but if you have to sign him to get those other two here, Whatever, that's perfectly fine. Do whatever you got to do to get two potential superstar players on your team. If anything, I would imagine most players want to play for Brooklyn now instead of the Knicks. Talking to Frank Stanfield of FNTSY as we break down NBA free agency. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving do go to Brooklyn. And, you know, some people think that this might not work. Obviously, Durant out most of the year, if not the entire year. Kyrie Irving has had problems on other teams. But if you're the Nets... I mean, you got to be happy to do this. They still have some young talent. Ultimately, do you think this works out once Durant is healthy? I, I do because I have faith in the front office. I have faith in Kenny Atkinson, what he's shown so far. Now, I will say this. I mean, he's never had to manage as many egos that he's going to have to do now, you know, once Kevin Durant is returns from this injury. And, you know, Kyrie Irving, look, we know that he is a big ego himself. I mean, he hasn't really been able to fit in anywhere that he's played. He hasn't been able to fit in with LeBron James. He went to Boston where he ended up becoming the guy. He thought that that's what he wanted to do. He thought he wanted to be the leader there. That ended up not working out. Uh, but I do have faith in this coaching staff and their front office. I mean, they've done a great job. You know, if you think about, you know, where they were a couple of years ago in terms of having no draft picks you know, uh, they traded them all away with those deals with the Boston Celtics. And, you know, they, they, they did that all for, you know, a couple of years uh, into the postseason where they didn't really go far. And to turn it around this quickly, I really, really think that they've done a great job. And, you know, they've surrounded Kyrie and eventually Durant with some other really solid players. I mean, look, Harris LaVert is still there. Dinwiddie, you know, if he was healthy last year, would have been in the running for sixth man of the year. Uh, they, they still have Joe Harris, who's one of the best shooters, and they have depth. With, uh, with Jared Allen now backing up DeAndre Jordan, I think that they're in a really good position. You know, you can paint it as there are question marks with Durant obviously coming off this injury, and I, I think those are, are fair questions, but I feel like, you know, that was a risk that you had, it to, you had to take. And, you know, on the other side, you know, if the Knicks ended up making that, everyone would have loved it. So I'm not going to sit here and criticize the Brooklyn Nets. I think that they're going to be able to make it work, Ronis. Yeah, it should be interesting to see them once Durant is healthy in two years. Uh, the Nets also sign and trade D'Angelo Russell to Golden State. Like, 
that surprised me. I thought there was a good chance Russell goes back to L.A. Uh, what about Russell going to Golden State? Yeah, this one seems like a weird fit. I get that they wanted to you know, get something in return for Kevin Durant, so it's ultimately like a sign-and-trade scenario, so they don't end up empty-handed here. Uh, and then they end up having to move Andre Iguodala as part of this. But there's been reports today, I don't know if you've seen them, Ronis, that they might be open to actually shipping out D'Angelo Russell again, so... Maybe they turn him into something else that they want for the future. I just think it's a really weird fit in terms of play style, too, both offensively and defensively, because, you know, Steph Curry likes to have the ball in his hands. A lot of the times, Dray uh, Draymond Green likes to initiate the offense. He has to have the ball in his hands. Uh, but, you know, D'Angelo Russell is a similar player to Curry, and he's just not as talented as Curry now. He's still super young. He's only, like, what, 23 years old? So he's getting better every year, but, you know, not a good defensive player. So you worry about that in the backcourt with Steph Curry. You know, again, I've seen some reports that they might look into flipping him again. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But if they keep this team as currently constructed, you have to imagine Klay Thompson going to miss a large majority of this year, maybe the entire year. And, and that basically means that you're built around Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, and Draymond Green. And, and I do have serious, serious concerns when it comes to those, uh, those fit of those three players those three players together. How about what the Sixers did? They bring back Tobias Harris, sign him. They get Al Horford, and it looks like they're going to bring in Josh Richardson. What does this do for Philadelphia? Yeah, this is another interesting one, too. I, I still think that they ended up making the right calls here because they needed a veteran leader on this team, Ronis. I mean, you saw it last year. I mean, they just have so much youth, and as much as I like Jimmy Butler on the court, you know, as, as a two-way player, there are question, mar question marks at times when it comes to, you know, his leadership. So they bring in Al Horford, who is, a, you know, a proven winner, a veteran. You know, he's led that Boston Celtics team the past couple of seasons. They, they make deep runs into the postseason. So he's been there, you know. In terms of the fit, though, just playing, he's more of a center. So now him and Joel Embiid are going to have to play on the court together. It's an interesting mix. They bring back Tobias Harris. I thought that was a good job, you know signing him to the max contract rather than Butler because you get the younger player and the better shooter from the outside, which obviously they needed because they lost J.J. Redick to the Pelicans. Um, and then I thought really good job to actually get something of value in return in the, in the sign and trade with Jimmy Butler going to Miami. They get Josh Richardson. Now, Ronis, I know that you're a Josh Richardson guy because of fantasy purposes, but that's a really underrated get for the Philadelphia 76ers here. A young, up-and-coming two-way player can shoot a little bit from the outside. I mean, they're going to have a really, really good defensive team in place, you know, with Embiid, with Horford, with Richardson, with Ben Simmons. They have to continue to improve the, the depth on this team, but, but I thought that they've, they've made some, some really savvy moves here, specifically with Josh Richardson. What do you think about that one, Ronis? Because I know that you're a Josh Richardson guy too. Yeah, I think it just helps them defensively. I mean, this is going to be a tough team to try and score on. Absolutely. They have so much length, too. I mean, like Ben Simmons, six foot ten point guard. Obviously, Embiid, everything that he does defensively in terms of steals and blocks. And, you know, Horford, another willing rim protector. So I think that they're just trying to let's get as much talent as we possibly can, and we'll figure it out on the court when we need to. You know, it feels weird. Uh, Houston has really done nothing. I know they wanted Jimmy Butler, but you figure with Golden State, Taking a step back. We still don't know how the Lakers are going to look. Rockets have been kind of quiet here. Yeah, they really have. And, uh, well, come on. I mean, they brought back Austin Rivers. You can't call that nothing. Oh, yeah, them. that's right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, so they just bring back Austin Rivers, Gerald Green, and Daniel House. And, you know, I think the way that this team is currently constructed, they've already showed us that 
I don't know that they're going to be able to win the, with with the core of players that they have. I, I just don't know if it's just the right fit altogether. You know, are, are there enough defensive-minded players on this team? Obviously, Chris Paul and James Harden are a phenomenal backcourt, and you have a lot of shooting here, but... I mean, you've had this core together for the past couple of seasons. And, you know, while they've made some deep runs into, into the Western Conference, they haven't ultimately been able to win. Now, the Golden State Warriors are not the team that they used to be, so maybe this is the opening that the Houston Rockets need, but other teams in the Western Conference are also getting better at the same time. Like, you look at what the Utah Jazz have done. I thought that they had a great day yesterday. They bring in Boyan Bogdanovich. They sign Ed Davis for depth. They trade for Mike Conley. Uh, and then you also have the Portland Trailblazers who go out and trade for Hassan Whiteside today. So while the Warriors have gotten worse, it seems like there are a lot of other teams in the Western Conference, specifically at the top, that have gotten better. So I think as of now, the Houston Rockets are, are one of the losers in free agency. They wanted to get Butler, but I, I think that they were just so strapped because of their financial situation. They couldn't find a way to make that work. I love what the Jazz did. Talked about it earlier today with Craig Mish, but I think and I feel like they're really not getting that much attention. But you bring in Conley, you get a good shooter, Bogdanovic, to take a little bit of the pressure off Donovan Mitchell so he doesn't have to chuck it up. Ed Davis to back up Rudy Gobert. I mean, this was a good team last year. And right now, I think they're one of the favorites in the West, depending obviously on what some of the other teams do. But I love what the Jazz did here. Yeah, and if you look at the betting odds right now, you could get the Utah Jazz to win a championship at 16-1, to so I don't think that that's a bad bet. I agree with you, man. I mean, look, Mike Conley has to stay healthy. You know, we're very big into fantasy basketball, and we know that every year, you know, it seems like he's devalued because you have to worry about the injury concerns when it comes to Conley. But when he's on the court, you know, he's one of the best two-way point guards in the league. He's going to give you effort defensively. He can create his own shot. He can shoot a little bit from the outside. You know, he takes some pressure off Donovan Mitchell. And then, like you said, they also bring in Boyan Bogdanovich, who in the second half last year without Victor Oladipo, he was scoring 20 points a night, Ronis. So, I mean, he's a willing scorer. He tries defensively. I don't know that he's a great defensive player, but he tries. And, and they still have that defensive identity because Rudy Gobert is there protecting the rim. I agree with you. Like, I think they bring in maybe another score off the bench, and I really like what they've done. I mean, that that is one of the best, to me, top to bottom, uh, both offensively, defensively. I think it's one of the best starting fives in the league. Is Milwaukee still good enough to come out of the East? They bring back Chris Middleton. They bring back Brooke Lopez. They bring back George Hill. They do lose Malcolm Brogdon to Indiana. Yeah, right now, I would I would say it's pretty close between – uh, Milwaukee and Philadelphia. You know, we just spoke about Philadelphia, all the moves that they made. It was going to be tough for Milwaukee to bring back everybody. So, you know, Malcolm Brogdon ends up in Indiana, but they do, uh, they do bring back uh, George Hill. They bring back Chris Middleton on the max. They bring back Brooke Lopez. They, bring, they also bring in his brother in Robin Lopez. So they have some depth there, and I think that they kind of have an eye on the future because 2021, Giannis is going to be a free agent. So I don't know that they could have had all this money tied up in Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe, and then to bring in Malcolm Brogdon, I think that's why they had to make a move. So I think as of right now, you know, two teams at the top of the Eastern Conference are, are Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Toronto and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but I think anytime you have a player of Giannis Antetokounmpo's caliber, they're going to be in the mix. Uh, but you know, as we saw in the postseason, he's he's got to work on his his ability to shoot, Ronis, both mid range, outside, his free throw shooting. If he does that, he's going to end up being one of I, I would really consider him one of the hardest players in NBA history to guard if he develops a jump shot. If Kawhi goes back to Toronto, are they the favorites in the East? Yeah, I think so. 
I, I think so. I, I think it would be close again. I think it would be a three-team race, but I, I would make Toronto the favorite because, you know, they bring back all of, of the same players. They have that same core. They, they, they have that cohesion. We'll see what happens with Danny Green as well, so let's not overlook that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we all saw what Kawhi Leonard did in the postseason, and I'm sure, you know, whether it's a one-plus-one you know, a, a one, one where he just comes back for one more year and tries to make another run at it, uh, they're going to give him time off during the regular season to make sure he's ready to go. Yeah, I think if Kawhi Leonard is back in Toronto, they are the slight favorites there in the Eastern Conference with Milwaukee and Philadelphia close behind. Where do you think Kawhi lands up? Oh, man, that's uh, that's that's the million-dollar question right now. I mean, he's he's the biggest name still on the market. We're getting more buzz about the Lakers and Los Angeles and all, you know, Magic Johnson trying to talk to him and lure him there. Ultimately, I, I think he comes back for that one-plus-one. I think he tries to run it back with Toronto. Um He'll get a max contract again next year with, with someone else, whether it's one of those Los Angeles teams. But I think he comes back and tries to defend the championship. Yeah, that's the big chip we're waiting to fall, and I think Danny Green is waiting as well. So lots going on in the NBA. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more in the next couple weeks. Frank Stample, FNTSY. Thanks for the time, man. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Ronis. Thanks for having me. All right, when we return, we'll wrap it up. We'll look at some baseball news, some more fab results, and lineups for today. It's all ahead right here, Full-Time Fantasy. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check us out. PlayFFWC.com if you are ready to draft today. We got a starter best ball draft tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. All you do is draft your team. That's it. And that's the thing. We love drafting. But for some people, managing the waiver wire for 10 leagues is a little bit too much. I usually do 8 to 12 per year, but... You know, this is what I do for a living, so I'm able to do it. Still is a grind. But draft day is one of the most exciting days of the year, so that's why we got these best ball formats, and it's great because you can draft your team now. It's great practice for your big big money leagues, and you can win money in the process. And sure, some guys are going to get hurt. It's not going to work out. I've I've had best ball teams where 
you know, they kind of fall apart, but I've had others where I've cashed out. So this is a great format to play in, and we love draft day. So head on over to playffwc.com and get in a best ball draft tonight. Only $35. We have ones for 99 so a lot of different price points because we know it's different for everyone. So check it out, playffwc.com. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Let's take a look at uh, the game from this afternoon uh, as we did get an early start here for this Monday afternoon. Canada Day in Toronto. The Blue Jays lead the Royals 11-4 in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, for the Royals, Hunter Dozier 2-3 for three with a run scored in a walk. He's in 299 with a 385 OP. He's had a really good year. Uh, one of the top waiver wire pickups early in the season. Uh, did spend some time on the injured list. Two more hits for Whit Merrifield. Who's had a really good year hitting 303, 352 OBP. And uh, Jorge Soler has driven in a run. He's had a really good season. 56 RBIs for Soler, who did mention is a late pick in draft side. I think I have him in one or two leagues. I liked him a lot last year that he got hurt in May. Uh, but he's had a really nice season. Uh, if you... Decided to take a two-start flyer on Sparkman of the Royals. Uh, you got spanked. Nine hits, eight runs, and three innings. And I mentioned, you know, how in some leagues that a league or two, uh, like my ratios were bad, I take a shot. Uh, not Sparkman. There's a line. You know, I'll take a shot on a couple of these two-start guys, but not Sparkman, especially uh, in Toronto, uh, where they have some hot hitters right now. And Freddie Galvis? 14 home runs on the season. Two more home runs today. Three for four with two runs and two RBIs. I mean, pretty much he's playing every day is really where the bulk of his value comes. And, you know, 14 home runs, 40 RBIs, 264 average is not great anymore. Uh, really doesn't do much in a 12-team league, especially that middle infield position of depth. But in a 15-team league, certainly pretty interesting. Lord is Gurriel Jr., man. Three for four with three runs scored in a walk. He's hitting 318 with the 366 OBP. He's hitting third in the order right now, and he's been a tremendous pickup for teams. And, you know, I did take him in an NFBC auction for like $2, and obviously I had to cut him. And you'll say, obviously, why? Well, I had a ton of entries at that point. I think I had four or five guys in the injury list. There's only so many guys you can hold on to, and most people dropped him because Gurriel was at, available as a free agent when he got called up. So I was fortunate enough to get him in two leagues, including Tout Wars, and he's really Help me move up the standings. Uh, it just seems like he's homering every day now. Uh, but three more hits today. Uh, just tearing it up. Uh, and Kayvon Biggio hitting cleanup today. Three for five with a run and four RBIs. He's also picked it up. You know, he's still only in 248 for the season, but a 370 OBP as uh, he's coming on strong. 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr., one for three with three runs and two walks. Uh, you know, he's underwhelmed, 252, 329 OBP, and, you know, people took him in the third, fourth round, so you expect him more. He's got eight homers, 23 RBIs, so, you know, not not every player comes up and tears it up uh, right away. We got spoiled last year by Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, and I liked Guerrero, but I wasn't paying a third or fourth round price tag. Just too much. I mean, you know, you got a guy like Anthony Rendon who's going right there, who's done it before and uh, has a high ceiling too. You know, I'd rather take him. So uh, I was not in on the uh, Guerrero price tag this year. Sure. Randall Grichuk, four for five with four RBIs. We know he's going to be inconsistent. And Teoscar Hernandez with a home run. He has really struggled. Clayton Richard, six innings, seven hits, three runs, a walk in four Ks. As he's in line for the win as that game is 11-4 in the bottom of the eighth inning. As it is a very, very light schedule tonight in Major League Baseball. Just five games. But in case you missed it earlier, you're just joining us. Aranola now has a two-start week. He has been pushed up from Wednesday to Tuesday. What this means is Nick Pavetta will not have a two-start week. Originally, he was going to go in Atlanta and at the Mets. He will now only face Atlanta on the road. So that's a tough assignment for Pavetta. And I wasn't even loving him in a two-start week. I have him in a 15-team league, 12-team league, and I was going to have him on the bench. Uh, I will have him on the bench now for that one start. Before we get to the lineups, Let's take a look at uh, some of the free agent bids in the great fantasy baseball invitational. This is uh, the Champions League, and there was a ton of bids this week, and a lot of them were low dollar because uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't have fat money left, and there really weren't great options here to bid on this week. Now, we play the great fantasy baseball invitation on the NFBC format, so Dylan Cease not available yet because he's not on the 40-man roster, so he'll be available next week. But uh, the highest uh, player was Brendan McKay, and it was to me. Uh, for 157, the runner-up was 110. Uh, and what you have to do at this time of the year is kind of look at the fab budgets and figure out, okay, how much do I need to spend? Uh, and I think there were two teams with more money than me, and I had about three. I think it was 382 left, something like that. So I said, all right, you know, I'll go a little less than half. My team is, you know, sixth, seventh place, and realistically. Uh, I don't think it can win, so I figured I'd take a shot here on a pitcher that might be really good. Uh, and pitching uh, is a little uh, part of my weakness right now. I mean, uh, 12th in Ks, 13th in wins, uh, but as I mentioned, saves my biggest problem, only two points in saves. Uh, ERA, middle of the pack with seven, uh, whip with four. Uh, I mean, could use some speed and average, too. So, you know, there's some good pieces here, but it needs a lot of work. So I figured I'd take a shot on McKay. He obviously has the Yankees this week. Not an easy matchup, but he looked really good in his debut. And, you know, there is risk here because they're going to watch his innings. Maybe they send him down over the All-Star break and he doesn't get called up. So there's definitely risk. But, you know, you're talking about a 15-team league. You're going to have to take some risk. And, uh, you know, how long can I save this money? Because if I wait another month, uh might have no shot at all. So... Figured I'd take the shot. Manny Margot went for $39. Run-up for his 28. Will Myers is barely playing anymore, man. He has struggled, and they're obviously going to play Framo Reyes and Hunter Renfro with their uh, elite power. And Manny Margot uh, obviously makes the defense better. I mean, I don't think you really want to see Will Myers in center field, so that does help Margot a little bit. But he has started to pick it up offensively, and, uh, probably available in a lot of leagues. So if you are in need of outfield help, 
especially in a 15-team league. Uh, you could take a look at Margot. He might be out there. Again, nothing impressive so far this year, uh, but the Padres line up performing very well right now. Manny Machado's heating up. Eric Hosmer is hitting. Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, and Margot uh, does have, a, you know, three stolen bases over the last two weeks. Uh, not much power there, but scoring some runs as well. So certainly someone that could help in a deeper format. Dwight Smith Jr. was dropped last week. He goes for 31. The runner-up was nine. He's had a nice surprising year. Definitely has cooled off a little bit. Uh, I got Tyler O'Neill for $27. The runner-up was 15. I uh, figured take a shot on him. Could get some playing time, and we know he does have some big power. Uh, Kyle Crickett goes for $26. Uh, no runner-up. The Nilsson Lament. He goes for 18, and the runner-up was 17. So that worked out there. Tommy Edmond goes for $18. The runner-up was one. He's seen more playing time. Matt Carpenter sat most of the week with a reportedly with a stomach ailment. So we'll see if Edmond can continue to get playing time. Jamison Tyon was added for 17. Runner-up one. Still no timetable for his return, but maybe in August. We'll see. Jake Lamb, who was activated off the injured list last week, he goes for 16. Francisco Mejia goes for 12, run up for 6. I picked up Mejia in a lot of leagues last week. The reason why I didn't do it in this league is I have Wilson Contreras and Josh Fegley. Both have played pretty well this year, but I added Mejia probably in about 5 to 6 leagues last week. And we'll see. Uh, he was out of the lineup. He got hit on the elbow by a pitch over the weekend. So it's something to keep an eye on. And I took the risk of not adding anyone else, hoping that he plays most of the week. Enrique Hernandez goes for 12 bucks, runner up for his eight. Doesn't play every day. And this is a weekly format, but we do have the ability to make those changes Monday through Thursday. So you can kind of spot the matchups. Austin Voth, I like that pickup. Uh, he was definitely on my list. He goes for nine. Runner up was one. Uh, mentioned how his velocity increased. Trent Thornton goes for nine. Runner up is eight. Tyler Naquin goes for eight. Mikel Franco has picked it up. I mean, he had a big week. He went for seven, runner up for six. And Franco looked like he was on the verge of losing his job. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, he's gotten hot and been playing as a third base. As Scott Kingery uh, playing mostly in the outfield. Franklin Barreto went for four as he was just called up. Uh, Steven Piscotti going on the injured list. With an injury, so you'll see. I don't know if you'll see Barreto get a lot of at-bats. Maybe, you know, maybe they do give him the opportunity to play a little bit more. He did play yesterday, but that's because Jerks and Profar had the day off. Obviously, I think Chad Pinder and Mark Connor get more playing time. Pinder is the guy I picked up in a couple weeks. He's got some good pop. Uh, we also saw Travis Darno go for four. Bobby Bradley only went for three. Obviously, strikeouts a bit of a problem. Jordan Lyles. Not a bad pickup there at three bucks. He was on my list as well. So there were a ton of pickups in the league this week. Uh, and obviously a lot are $1 and $2 bids. But that's what you like to see. A very active league. I mean, even the teams that are at the bottom are making moves. And I love that. And we need to see that more in fantasy baseball leagues. I understand it gets difficult. You start to shift to fantasy football. And you don't care about your teams that are at the bottom. But... Uh, it looks like pretty much every team in this league put in waiver wire bids and made moves. I mean, two of the bottom three teams put in several moves, and they pretty much are out of it. But that's the way. You're in a league. You go to the rest of the league. Play it out. Even if you know you don't spend a ton of time on it, put in some bids for a buck or two. Set your lineup each week. You know, Don't make it easier for the teams up top to win a championship. And uh, 
that's the one thing I like about this league. And, you know, everyone has proven themselves winning a championship in the great fantasy baseball invitational last year. And unfortunately, there are teams that have to finish near the bottom. Only one team could win. But I love the fact that everyone is playing to the end. Uh, well, let's hope. I mean, it's only July 1st, but we've seen a lot of teams check out by now. In uh, every fantasy sport, it's just not baseball. I know people say that about baseball because it's a long season in Roto, but I see it in fantasy football as well and fantasy basketball, and those are head-to-head leagues, and we want to avoid that as much as possible. All right, very short slate tonight, only five games, uh, but there still is money to be won in DFS, so you can head on over to fulltimefantasy.com, and you can check out the write-up for the day. Uh, as part of our DFS section, we also have an optimizer and Slack chat leading up to lineup block, but you can go over there now and uh, check out the uh, the daily diamond write-up for the day right now. Here are the lineups for tonight. The Cubs are in Pittsburgh. Adbert Alzale, who will stick in the rotation. Kyle Hendricks will be activated off the injured list and pitch tomorrow, but Cole Hamels was placed on the injured list. It'll be Trevor Williams for the Pirates. For the Cubs, Kyle Schwarber leads it off playing left field. Chris Bryant's at third base, batting second. Anthony Rizzo at first base, hitting third. Javier Baez at shortstop, hitting cleanup. Jason Hayward, who homered yesterday, is 14th of the year. He's in right field. Albert Almora in center field, hitting six. Caratini behind the plate, hitting seven. Wilson Contreras gets the day off. Addison Russell is at second base, hitting eighth. And Alzale on the mound, batting ninth. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier leads it off at second base. Brian Reynolds in right field, batting second. Starling Marte in center field hitting third. Josh Bell at first base hitting cleanup. He has really cooled off. Uh, not surprising. I mean, he was off to a ridiculous start. He's already crushed his draft value. I mean, he went for two, three, four bucks in some auctions, double-digit rounds. So, yes, Bell has cooled off, but you're still looking at overall numbers of 301, 22 homers, 70 RBIs. I mean, think about that. 70 RBIs on July 1st for Josh Bell. I mean... I got no shares of him this year. I was definitely uh, not on the Josh Bell bandwagon this year, uh, and it has kind of hurt a little bit. But uh, only 208 in June for Josh Bell, four homers, 18 RBIs, but he batted 390 in May. Uh, Corey Dickerson in left field hitting fifth. Colin Moran at third base hitting sixth. Jung Ho Gong at shortstop hitting seventh. Elias Diaz behind the plate hitting eighth, and Williams on the mound. Batting ninth. The Brewers in Cincinnati. Adrian Hauser, who's coming out of the bullpen, so don't expect him to go deep into this game. Two, three innings, probably, maybe four against Tyler Molly. For the Brewers, Yasmani Grandal leads it off. He's a catcher. Christian Yelich in right field batting second. He'll be in the home run derby, by the way. Mike Moustakas at third base hitting third. Lorenzo Kane in center field hitting cleanup. Eric Thames at first base hitting fifth. Seems like he's going to play a lot of first base, and so I'm picked up in some leagues over the weekend. Keston Yura at second base hitting sixth. Ben Gamble in left field hitting seventh. Adrian Hauser on the mound hitting eighth. And Tyler Saladino at shortstop batting ninth. For the Reds, Yasiel Puig gets the day off. Jesse Winkers in right field leading off. Joey Votto at first base hitting second. Eugenio Suarez at third base hitting third. Scooter Jeanette activated off the injured list early last week. He's at second base hitting cleanup. Nick Senzel in center field hitting fifth. Derek Dietrich, who sat the last three days because there were left-handers on the mound. He's back in there in left field hitting sixth. Jose Iglesias, the shortstop, hitting seventh. Kurt Casale behind the plate hitting ninth. And Molly on the mound hitting ninth. The Orioles sent Tom Eshelman against Ryan Stanek. Ryan Yarbrough will replace him in relief. 
Uh, Stanek, the opener for the Orioles. Jonathan VR leads it off at second base. Santander's in right field hitting second. Trey Mancini at first base hitting third. Dwight Smith in left field hitting cleanup. Renato Nunez, the DH, hitting fifth. Pedro Severino at catcher hitting sixth. Hanser Albardo at third base hitting seventh. Keon Broxton in center field hitting eighth. And Richie Martin at shortstop batting ninth. For the race, Austin Meadows leads it off in left field. Brandon Lau at second base hitting second. Yandy Diaz at third base hitting third. G-Man Choi at first base hitting cleanup. Avisail Garcia in right field hitting fifth. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting sixth. Willie Adamas in shortstop hitting seventh. Brendan McKay in the lineup as the DH hitting eighth. Uh, most leagues, though, he's only a pitcher. So uh, we'll see what they do as far as an offensive player if they add another one like we have seen with Otani. Mike Zunino is the catcher batting eighth. The Angels in Texas, Jose Suarez against Mike Minor. And the Giants are in San Diego. It'll be Jeff Samarja against Logan Allen. So a very, very small slate tonight. But still have to set those weekly lineups and uh, also opens it up from some more potential injury news for tomorrow to make those decisions. In the meantime, check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Got the FSGA Fantasy Football Recap up. You can ask your questions on the message boards and forums. And play ffwc.com for drafts. We got a best ball draft Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Check it out. I'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.